millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hi there and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast and today I'm looking at a particularly fateful moment in German and European history, uh, the decision on August the 4th 1914 to go to war and particularly the decision by the Social Democratic Party to vote for the Kaiser's war credits. It's a decision by the largest socialist party in Europe to give a militarist regime in Germany uh, a virtually unlimited budget with which to wage war. Um, this was uh, partly to, uh, partly a kind of, um, in the eyes of Lenin, uh, a, a disappointment about the European democratic left, but also a kind of a ringing endorsement of his views um, of the the kind of the um, the, the treachery um, that he believed that they were they were capable of. Uh, Lenin viewed the uh, democratic socialist parties of Europe as really being kind of. Uh, bourgeois parties with a veneer of social democracy that were in many ways more dangerous than the out-and-out conservative or or capitalist political forces across Europe because they had the the possibility, the uh, uh, potential to kind of uh, confuse and delude um, and divide uh, the working classes. If one looks at it from a slightly different point of view, and we're going to we're going to dive in there in a moment, the Social Democrats in Germany, the largest working class party, not just in Germany but in Europe, um, knew that if they opposed the Kaiser's war, war would be upon them anyway. Russia would march against Germany, and either you would have a czarist invasion of uh, Germany, at which point any possibility of social democratic politics, not just in Germany, but perhaps in the rest of Europe, would be over. There would be not a chance that an occupying czarist army would allow uh, anything other than the most reactionary German politics to, uh, to manifest itself. Similarly, if Germany um, put up a spirit of defence against um, uh, Russia, Without the Social Democratic Party supporting the government, the Social Democrats and the entire democratic left in Germany would be written off as traitors and they would be suppressed, um, perhaps with slightly less brutality than if the Russians did it, uh, but certainly with with no small amount of, of violence. So... They, um, the Social Democrats viewed themselves as being in an enviable position. Some decided that they would um, break with the, the party line, which was initially to oppose the war credits. And by the time the vote comes about on August the 4th, there, the, the party line crumbles and there is a, a mass endorsement by the, uh, the deputies and the Reichstag of the Kaiser's um, the, the Kaiser's demand for finance for the war, Kaiser famously says, "I see no political parties here, only Germans." He wishes to present himself as this nationally unifying figure. Um, so we're going to look now more closely at this this moment of um, of extreme kind of political tension and possibility. 
And once again, we're looking at Ring of Steel by Alexander Watson, which is a superb book, one I'd highly recommend. If you want to look at the war from the German point of view, and there is so rarely the, the German and uh, Austro-Hungarian perspective really gets much attention at all. Alexander Watson writes, the Reichstag session of the 4th of August 1914 was in consequence an immensely powerful piece of political theatre. It was carefully choreographed in order to project a message of German unity. The Chancellor met all parties, including Haas and his um, colleague Philip Scheidemann. This is, this is from the Social Democrats. At midday on the 3rd of August, and in order to prepare, and although their deputies had not yet settled on a stance, the Social Democrats agreed several symbolic compromises that assumed a unanimous acceptance of war credits. The day the vote began, um, the day of the vote began with a mass in Berlin Cathedral, followed in the early afternoon by the Reichstag opening ceremony at the Imperial Palace. Although, as was usual, SPD deputies, Social Democrat deputies, uh, attended neither. In both, the theme was uni uh, of unity was stressed. The Kaiser spontaneously repeated his celebrated promise, I no longer recognise any parties, I know only Germans. An, am an amnesty for those convicted of political crimes, such as Les, um, Lee's Majesty, um, which above all benefited the Social Democrats, was announced on the same day. The Reichstag session, the day's centrepiece, was attended by all parties, the democratically elected representatives of the German people. The first speech was given by the Chancellor Bethmann Hulweg and outlined the official explanation of the war's causes. Russia had enacted duplicitously and aggressively and France was accused of having attacked without warning. The great hour of trial has struck for our people, he ended. Our army is in the field, our navy is ready for battle, behind them stands the entire German nation, the entire German nation. And here he turned pointedly to the socialists, united to the last man. I think here it's, it's worth looking at the perspective. It's not just really kind of cynical framing, but these are genuinely held points of view uh, about Germany's strategic position. The reason why the book is called Ring of Steel is because this was a commonly used phrase to describe Germany's strategic position and that of Austria-Hungary, the, the central powers in general in 1914. The idea that they were surrounded on all sides by enemies, by France, by Russia, and really in the uh, the Baltic and the North Sea, by the Royal Navy. Um, and that um, Germany and Austria viewed themselves, Austria-Hungary, viewed themselves as being under siege and, and squeezed what Germany, um, many Germans believed was being fought was a war of self-defence, a war of national survival. Now, how valid that is as a perspective is, you know, uh, doubtful. I mean, what was actually happening there um, is the subject of, of protracted debate in uh, the, the summer of 1914 and uh, German plans. And you have 
various theses all the way between from Fritz Fischer all the way to Christopher Clarke about uh, what Germany was seeking to do, what Germany's strategic objectives were. But the point is, large numbers of ordinary Germans believed that a war of self-defence was being fought. And when German soldiers marched back into the Reich in 1918, um, the war having ended, Germany not having been invaded, the enemy having been kept off German soil, it is seen by large numbers of Germans as, a, if not a complete and out-and-out victory, certainly not a defeat, which is why when you have the armistice followed by um, the Paris Peace Conference and the Treaty of Versailles, many Germans are confounded how, you know, we, we, we didn't lose, why have we been treated like the losers? And why also are we being treated by, by the, the bad guys? We were surrounded by enemies and we kept them out of our country. And, you know, what what is basically wrong with that? And, of course, um, you have to have a very selective perspective to ignore the occupation of large parts of France and Belgium and, and other parts of Europe for a considerable period of time. Watson continues. Even social democratic deputies, in a spontaneous show of patriotism, cheered the Chancellor's speech, a first for the Reichstag, where no socialist had ever applauded a government official. The Reichstag president, Dr Johannes Kampf, a member of the bourgeois Progressive People's Party, echoed the Chancellor in stressing both that this was a war for the defence of the country and that never before have the people been more united than they are today. After an intermission, it was Haas's turn to get up and speak for the, the SPD. He had not wanted to do this. It was Haas who had attempted, uh, who had composed the SPD's appeal of the 25th of July for mass peace demonstrations. And he had remained true to his anti-war convictions to the end, voting in the party's own discussions a day earlier as one of the 14 deputies opposed to passing the war credits. Um, motion. Socialist discipline, however, demanded not only unanimity but also a display of party unity, and for this reason members of all uh, opinions had wished Haas to make the agreed statement. This, In this statement, a compromise between the different party factions, he condemned past imperialist policies, um, emphasised how the SPD had striven for peace in cordial agreement with our brothers in France, uh, meaning the other socialist parties in France, and expressed the hope that the horrors of war would awaken mil uh, in millions abhorrence and win them over to the ideal of socialism and of peace among nations. The statement also, however, warned against the danger posed by the Tsarist Russia for our people and its freedom insisted on the right of every people to national independence and self-defence, and crucially agreed to the requested war credits. So it's a, a piece of chicanery on the part of the SPD, of saying, yes, we've done everything we can for peace. Yes, we show solidarity with the French, um, who we don't want to fight, and our socialist brothers and uh, sisters in France, who we don't want to fight. But... But Russia is a menace. Russia is uh, an, a czarist autocracy. Um, Russia um, will steamroll its way into Germany. And every country has the right to self-defence. Uh, and um, national independence. 
uh, and as a result we therefore have reluctantly agreed to war credits. The speech went with frosty silence from the right-wing parties, but the centrist progressives, along with the SPD deputies, applauded, and that was sufficient for newspapers to report general acclaim. There was another small hint of divisions to come during the voting, when two minor SPD deputies left the chamber unnoticed in order to, in order to having to avoid vote voting. Um, nonetheless, the war credits were passed unanimously, and the Berg Fryden the fortress peace, which a term I'll come to in a moment, in which all internal quarrels were suspended for the duration of hostilities, was thus very publicly demonstrated. The session closed with another uh, and again unprecedented display of unity. When the House, including reformist socialists, gave three cheers for Kaiser, Volk and Fatherland. So this term, Bergfrieden, uh, the fortress peace, or peace within the fortress, um, was a, a kind of a, a term which implied that for the duration of the war social conflict would come to an end and probably a social conflict is reduced is, is, is minimized until about 1916 when the economic burdens of the war really begin to rack up on on Germany they uh, really become hugely pronounced and at that point, uh, any kind of class solidarity in uh, pursuit of wider national goals really breaks down. And by the end of the war, um, you, uh, class uh, animosities and uh, tensions um, are so great that the Kaiser is deposed in a, a revolution um, and that the role of the um, German Revolution of November 1918 in bringing the war itself to an end uh, is um, often slightly overlooked. The Reichstag session of the 4th of August strengthened and institutionalised at a national level the solidarity that had started to develop within German society once Russian general mobilisation became known. Hansen, after being released from his brief imprisonment, noted already on the 2nd of August, the first day of German mobilisation, that reservists' grave anxiety was accompanied by a determination to do one's duty. Others made similar observations. A doctor inspecting draftees in Weiden, a Bavarian town not far from the Austrian border, was impressed. From the reserve year, from the reserve year groups, all appear, he jotted in his diary of the 4th of August. No man missing. None is ill, nor wants to be ill. From the Landwehr group, of, which is the, uh, the older reservists, uh, the kind of the dad's army between 28 and 38 years old all come some are seriously ill lung and heart complaints but no one wants to shirk everywhere men obeyed their call-up orders uh, conscientiously moreover as the first weeks of war passed and overt patriotism became more prominent especially where troops were departing on their trains the soldiers scored self-confident aggressive ditties there was even a ubiquitous pr promise Every shot um, a Russian, every punch a Frenchman, every kick a Brit. More imaginative was a rhyme uh, addressed to the Russian Tsar, which went, Niklaus, be afraid, from your, liver uh, from your liver sausage will be made. Food was apparently very much on the minds of departing soldiers. Menu, stated another piece of troop train graffiti. French goulash with Tsar compote, 
or prime curry soup, Russian salad, English sauce. Another morbid, humorous chalked a mock advertisement on the side of his wagon for quarter litre Russian blood, 30 pfennigs. The crowds seeing off soldiers also became more festive and patriotic by mid the middle of August. The Watch on the Rhine, frequently a uh, German patriotic song, that, um, frequently rose up across the station platforms in these days. Although nostalgic uh, songs for home, uh, which were Home, Oh Home, I Must Leave You, Tomorrow, so, tomorrow I Must Leave, Lovely Berlin, or Cologne on the Rhine, You Pretty Little City, were often heard, and it was these that men sung themselves once, the, uh, once on their journey to the front. So we have here um, these um, this public display of unity at a at the highest level in the Reichstag, public national displays of unity, which were the product of fear of the fear of the Russian army, um, and um, of uh, the threat to Germany. Um, we'll look at Austria another time, but particularly the, the threat to Germany, but. People still felt kind of fear and sorrow and um, uh, a, the, the, this nationalist fervour uh, couldn't hide the fact that they that um, men would miss their families and loved ones would miss their husbands and fathers. On that subject, Watson writes. Cheering and singing were means for soldiers and civilians, however upset, to express solidarity temporarily quash anxiety and cope with the painful emotions of departure. They did indeed help. One man described how the enthusiasm of, on the railway stations literally swept us along, so that soon the somewhat depressed mood to be seen on several faces on our transport made way for an enthused and confident atmosphere. Some, deeply moved by the scenes, believed themselves to be living through a national rebirth. Uh, Middle-class men like Eugen Mortler, a bank trainee, grasped for the Kaiser's rhetoric to explain what they saw. No differences, no parties, everyone helps. Germany is united. While the hope of many intellectuals that the sense of a community they later mythologised and venerated as the spirit of 1914 would be made permanent, it was illusory. The sense itself was widely felt and expressed in the first weeks of the war, and not merely as a strategy for suppressing anxiety. There was a widespread unity of purpose and identification with Germany's uh, cause, which, especially after the SPD voted for the war credits, extended even to the working classes. The chief of Berlin police remarked with surprise a month after the mobilisation that his men, who, through their job, have much to do with the work and milieu, can scarcely believe that these are the same people who just recently cheered the Internationale in protest gatherings uh, and now bubble over with patriotism. So it's some really interesting political, social and kind of emotional dynamics happening, uh, happening here. Um, and the idea of, that wasn't kind of unique to Germany, 
that war would bring about national renewal. Mussolini certainly believed this as a, a socialist uh, and then sort of fascist journalist in 1914 and 1915. He believed that, that Italy's involvement in the war would make um, kind of men of Italians. It would make uh, it Italy... A, a society that was uh, unified in more ways than simply just as a result of its geography. This was, in his eyes, the next step in forging a, a nation of hardy, martial people who would fight and sacrifice and die in the interests of, of the national cause. In 1914, Germany has been in existence for 43 years. Um, a, 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 the blinking of an eye in kind of historical terms, but still the kind of nationalist energies that were unleashed as a result of the defeat of France in 1870 and the creation of the German Empire in 1871. Many felt kind of dissipated that the next generation had um, not really been the kind of the, the custodians of that and a new wave of nationalist kind of dynamism was needed in order to transform Germany. And as it says there, because the SPD had finally relented uh, and um, voted for war credits and really acquiesced to, uh, to the war, believing they had no further choice, it legitimised the war to the SPD's working class voters. Of course, um, there were um, socialists who wouldn't oppose the war, and we'll hear about them later on. Uh, the uh, Independent Socialist Party, and then which later um, morphs into the the Communist Party, but these are very much in a a minority, and often when wars are uh, announced, it has an uncanny habit of placing the opposition parties on a back foot because the connection between leadership and rank and file, between the, the, the elite and the mob, as, as Hannah Arendt once talked about, um, is very, very powerful. And um, uh, chancellors and kaisers can say to ordinary people, you know, we are now meant to be coming together as one in the national interest, and in this kind of mythologised idea of the nation as a whole, these people are unpatriotic, they are not working in the national cause, and um, they, are, they are, if anything, allying themselves with the enemy. So there are sort of some, some powerful, powerful punishments there for uh, miscreant uh, and dissenting types. So... In 1914, perhaps there was no realistic chance that the Socialist Party would be able or willing to oppose the war. And had they done so, what difference would it have made? This didn't stop Lenin, though, in uh, 1914, looking at the SPD in Germany and parties like the Labour Party in Britain and saying, well, you see, these are simply... Um, agents of 
the, the capitalist order. They look like slightly more benign, but that makes them even worse. Uh, and, and they are there really to do nothing than to serve their capitalist paymasters. Um, they are utterly co-opted by the state and by power. And they all do as they're told. Um, which is certainly a, va a, a valid critique, but it lacks the, the nuance uh, of, of where we're at and what we just talked about now. Anyway, I hope you found that useful and interesting. Apologies, I think we missed a podcast last week. Um, and I'll catch you next time. Do come and check us out on Patreon. We survive on a little trickle of uh, ad revenue here and uh, a, a number of patrons who back us. Um, and come and find us on, on Explaining History Dog. There's always something going on there. Thanks very much, everyone. All the best. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.